Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Welcome to Make It Clear. My name is Stan Pons, and I'm your host, as well as the president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Those of you who are regular, you know that we really teach the Bible verse by verse, but with life application, and a lot of folks like that. But you'll also notice that from time to time, I break from that so that I could provide for you a person that really has influenced my life, that has God's message in their life and through their life, because I want them perhaps to have an influence on you as well. We love you, and we pray that you will grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. And I have someone with us today that is extra special not only to me, but to students of the Word of God in Bible colleges in different parts of the country throughout the years. And from all of that, many of you have heard him, perhaps, or read his books. And if not, we want to acquaint you with that so that you too could catch the same value that we've gained from the Lord through this man. So who is this guy? Well, his name is Dr. Richard Seymour. I remember meeting him for the first time when I was a raw new believer as a teenager at a youth ranch meeting in South Florida. I remember him coming to that, and he was very faithful there. And soon afterwards, I found that he was an esteemed faculty member at Florida Bible College in the 60s and 70s and into the 80s and soon 90s. Since then, Dr. Richard Seymour has accepted the position of teaching at Frontier School of the Bible in LaGrange, Wyoming. And that might seem to be very rural to you. The area might be rural, but the school is very strong. They have over 250 students. They're coming from all over. They come for one, two, three years, and then they go out into ministry doing whatever God has for them. Now, Richard Seymour is also an author. We'll be talking about some of his books because it's not just to hear him a one-and-done program, but also at the same time for you to be able to pick up copies of the material so that you can dig deeper into this. So again, it is about meeting a new friend, making a new friend, but it's, for me, learning from a new friend. So, Dr. Seymour, welcome to our program. Thank you, Stan, very much. Nice to be here. Well, you know, when I first heard you... I was impressed, first of all, by the incredible testimony that you've had in your life and how you grew up, the kind of home you grew up in, the kind of what we might say physical challenges that you had, and how that you didn't let those challenges kind of get you down, but you use those for the glory of God. And I like our listeners to really find out, talk to us about your faith journey. Uh, I'll go back to my birth. I was born with a double hair lip. They now call it a double cleft lip and a cleft palate. Very little roof in my mouth. I had my first surgery about eight hours after I was born. I had about 20 operations total uh, on the nose, the lips, the, the mouth. Suffered a lot of verbal abuse from people, normally other children. Couldn't speak and be understood other than my mother and my, my sister Mary. And uh, I went to church as a, as a kid. Had to go because mom made me go. It was a church that I would say it was on the emotional side, a lot of uh, clapping and jumping around and so on. I walked forward uh, several times when they gave the invitation for salvation. I never understood what I was doing, never understood the gospel. When I got old enough as a teenager to tell mom I'm not going anymore, that's what I did. It broke her heart, but that's what I did. Uh, we moved to Miami, Florida. That was in Washington, D.C., where I was born. And in Miami, mom knew of a church that she wanted me to, to attend with her, and uh, I didn't want to do it. I did everything I possibly could to get around it, but 
she knew how to shed a few tears. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up going to a Sunday evening service, thinking that would be less threatening. And they had a youth group. And so mom encouraged me to go to the youth group. I thought, well, I've been to those before. And there'll be a few, maybe a half dozen rejects like me. And so I went to the youth group, met in a separate building from the main church, walked in a few minutes early, and it was a jammed pack, standing room only. And that knocked me off my false impression right away. And then a fellow got up to offer me a seat. I said, no, that's all right. I wanted to stand back by the door in case I wanted to get out in a hurry. But anyway, they were very lively. They had a lot of upbeat uh, Christian songs I sang. They had testimony time. Mm -hmm. I'd never had encountered anything like this in church before. And I, I began listening. Uh, I remember one girl who was uh, Margie Jones. She was the head cheerleader at Miami High School. And she gave her testimony and started out with, I know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. And being the unsaved guy that I was, I thought, well, if she's going to be there, maybe I'd want to find out where I go. But anyway, uh, what I didn't know was Sunday night at, at that church, the youth group formed the choir for mm -hmm. Sunday evening service. And so naturally they took me along with them. And because of the scars I had still from surgery earlier in my life, I never liked to be in front of people. But I, I went along with it and turned out it was great. That one Sunday night turned into me going with my mom for three Sundays in a row. Third Sunday afternoon at lunch, I told my mom and dad, tonight when Bill gives an invitation, that was the pastor's name, uh, I'm going to walk forward and trust Christ. Well, my mother cried again, oh, tears of joy. joy. My father said something like, I think you're a jerk, but uh, if you got to do that, do it. And I didn't care much for his comment, but I did it. So I walked over after the invitation that night, uh, shook the pastor's hand. People came by and shook their hands. And then nobody else came, but thought it was time to leave. I saw the pastor at the front door, along with the song leader. And I walked up, still not knowing if I was going to heaven or not. Mm. He shook my hand and said, Dick, God bless you. I'll be praying for you. I said, thank you. The other fellow said the same thing. And they said, good night. I walked out in the, into the dark, and I thought, good night, because I knew nothing had happened. Right. So I went home and read some of the funny papers on Sunday, but then uh, I went to bed, and it kept coming through my mind, the pastor's words, Dick, are you coming to receive Christ as your Savior? I said, yes, I am, but I knew I hadn't received anything. Mm -hmm. But that, that stuck in my, in my brain, and after I got home and got settled, got into bed, that same thing kept going through my mind. So I got out of bed, got on my knees, and I basically said, Lord, if all of this is true, uh, then the best I know how I trust Christ as my Savior. But I was thinking I should have a feeling because of the previous hmm. church I attended as a child. That was always a big thing, and I felt nothing but let down. So I got out of, out of bed, went to, got into bed, went to sleep. I uh, got up the following morning. Mom and dad went to work. I wasn't working yet. And I got her Bible out and began reading it. And I came across after about a half of, of a day reading the Bible, I came across Acts sixteen thirty one. believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I thought, well, that's what I did last night at my bedside. According to this, I'm saved. And never had a doubt after that whether or not I was saved, but I was surrounded now by young people who were saved, knew the gospel, knew Christ as their Savior, and were bold in sharing it. 
And that was the beginning of a very wonderful journey. That is an exciting journey about how God and his sovereignty brought all these pieces together and then used it. But really, it was the point of the gospel by faith alone in Jesus Christ. But I really enjoyed what you had to say because you brought the importance to it was the word of God who ultimately was used Mm -hmm. to be able to convince you that it was by believing in Christ and you'll Mm -hmm. be saved. Now, these other things are important, but they are not the the gospel. And that was the gospel. And it's exciting to know that. Those of you that just tuned in, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm the host of Make It Clear. But our guest today is Dr. Richard Seymour. Uh, Dr. Seymour is a theologian, an author, and he's been a longtime teacher of the Bible in Bible colleges, equipping the new generation of leaders and communicators of the word, whether it's in pastoral work or whether it's in the work of missions, etc. And so you're hearing his testimony, how that God took this uh, young man and uh, through the issues of life, where that he would then hear a message very close to the gospel, but enough for God to use him to go back to the word where he'd come to faith in Christ. So tell us now, you then had the understanding of salvation by faith alone from Acts 16.31. What happened next? Well, I got saved in June of 1953. Mm-hmm. There was a Bible school in Miami called Miami Bible Institute. A friend of mine and I heard about it. We were thinking uh, we might be interested. A month after I was saved, I was in a service for I then dedicated my life to the Lord, and I thought, whatever God wants from me, for me, that's what I want. I don't know what it is, but that's what I want. So anyway, uh, we went to visit the dean, talked to him, and he asked me the question, Dick, uh, if you come here, what is your long-range goal? What do you want to become or do? And I said, I don't know, but I do know. I want to know the Bible so well that anybody who asks me any question at any time I'll be able to turn to scripture and give them a mm. answer. Mm. And he smiled and said, well, that's the kind of student <laughs> we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, I enrolled in, the, in uh, not in the, the fall, but uh, the January semester, mid-year. as uh, a three-year program. During that time, I made some very dear friends, learned a lot of theology. By the way, the, the president and the, and the dean were both graduates of Dallas Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. So I got good, good training. So upon graduation, uh, I was planning on going to a missionary radio station in Quito, Ecuador. A former student with me named Sonia was from Sweden, and she went there to broadcast in Sweden Sweden, the gospel in their language. And I thought that sounded really great, so I applied. They said yes. I got all excited and sent out newsletters, and then I got a, a letter from them saying a man con- contacted us from Sweden. Mm-hmm. He already knows the language mm-hmm. and doesn't have to learn it. And it's clear on the gospel, so we're going to have him. So that burst my balloon. I, I wondered, now what? I had been a former banker when, when I lived in Maryland, and so uh, I got a job in a bank while I tried to figure out what is God trying to tell me. Got involved in my local church uh, teaching, and... Uh, the pastor, by the way, became the president of Florida Bible College, where you are now president, and he was the founding president. He approached me one one evening, knocking on my door, and said, I have a proposition for you. Dr. Mark Cameron and I are starting a Bible college. I'll be the president. He'll be the vice president. We want you to be the, the dean. And it blew me away. I thought, <laughs> sure. <laughs> could not believe that. And so uh, I, I obviously said yes. And it turned out to be some of the best years of my life. 
Well, I was part of those best years of your life in those early stages. And uh, I am, um, in many ways, who I am today and the values that I have today really came from two things, watching you and listening to you. And so those of you that are just tuning in, you're listening to Dr. Richard Seymour, and we're hearing his testimony. And while there's a lot about this happened, this happened, that happened, this, and it sounds it's all about him. In reality, what you need to be listening to is the fact that there was a very sovereign God that was taking this man through a circuitous loop to show him where he should be. And now since that beginning at Florida Bible College, his high value on God's word and the clear and accurate presentation of it. Because of all of that, he has become a theologian, a teacher, and an influencer of influencers ever since. So you're really hearing about a great God. And if you've tuned in and you've been listening to this, I want you to know that you are just as important to God as Dick Seymour is to God. In fact, I like to say everybody is somebody in his body. And so you are very, very important. So maybe when you have some time, reflect on how God's been work, how God has been working in your life, but don't get past the importance of beginning at the gospel, that salvation is by faith alone in Christ, and then move to the level of once you've trusted Christ as a way to say thank you to him, but also in obedience, let him be the the manager, the CEO, the Lord, so to speak, of your life, not to be saved, but as a way to say thank you for being saved. But then at the same time, allow God to kind of wind your road a little bit, and you will find the place of God, the sweet spot of the Lord in your life when you surrender to him. He will get you there if you let him. Well, Let's continue. We have a few more minutes. So you began at Florida Bible College as dean, instructor. And I remember for myself, when I began teaching there, it was almost like we're, we're studying the night before, before the class were to teach the next day, almost. But you were learning a great deal, and God was shaping you for even where you are today. So talk to us about those early years and what you perhaps experienced of the Lord and His Word that you've learned today, then for today. To begin with, we had 39 students the very first year. And we doubled every year, eventually getting over a thousand students. We passed and attended, we passed the, until then, the largest Bible school in the country. Things began to change a little bit, and there were changes. And while I was there, I was so impressed by the hunger of the students to learn the word and to mm-hmm. get the gospel out to mm-hmm. people that didn't know Christ. And so it was a wonderful, wonderful journey. I left in 71 and married my darling wife, Kathy, began doing messages or series of messages around the country, eventually came here and spoke, joined the the faculty staff here, and that was in 2000, and it's been a wonderful trip here as well. In all of that, the thing that struck me over and over again that you've mentioned already is the clarity of the gospel. I was on my way one time to a conference in, I think, Illinois. Uh, Jack Van Empey was, was the speaker, and I spoke at a little Baptist church on the way to that, shared the gospel there. And uh, when it was all over, the pastor and I went out to lunch, and he said, uh, Dick, uh, you mentioned in your sermon that you never ask anyone to give your heart to Christ or give invite, your, invite Christ into your heart and so on. And I'm curious why you don't, because I always do. And so I shared with him scripture, you know, John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 6.47, he that believes on me has everlasting life. 
And so my, my main thought to him was, why add invite him into your life, come forward, you know, raise your hand, whatever, gave a scripture. So that was that, and he was very pleased. And uh, then I went to the conference, turned out he was there, and he was going to be the head of the people who made decisions that night. So I'm sitting, I met some of my Florida Bible College students there, didn't know they'd be there, but mm-hmm. we met, we were sitting on the front row. So he approached, I didn't know he was there either, but he approached me and said, uh, uh, I've been talking to Dr. Van Empey, and he wants to talk to you behind the podium. And so I followed him back behind there, and uh, Jack said to me, uh, Pastor so-and-so here is telling me uh, I've got the wrong man to do follow-up after my message. Mm-hmm. You're the man I should have. Would you do it? And I said, well, I will on one condition. I have several students out there with me. If they can be part of the team. <laughs> sure, sure. So uh, we, we did that. Not, not too many came forward, but we had a great time. That's the way I was spending my time after leaving part of the Bible. In those travels, I came across a uh, church not too far from here, about three hours from here, spoke there, and the pastor was a former student of mine. And so he told me, I want you to go over to LaGrange, Wyoming with me and speak in their chapel, which I did. I now know that when a speaker comes, they speak one time. And that's it, other than special meetings. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, we came. I met the, the president and other staff members, spoke in chapel. The enthusiasm was great. Uh, the gospel was already clear, and which amazed me. Uh, I, I was invited to come back in February and bring my family. So I did that, and all of us fell in love with it. And then I was invited to come and join staff, and here I am. It's been wonderful, and if you've just tuned in, we're speaking with Dr. Richard Seymour, who teaches at Frontier School of the Bible in LaGrange, Wyoming, to hundreds of students uh, every year that are wanting to learn the Word of God. One thing it seems like wherever you choose to teach or accept a call, Florida Bible College here, even in Colorado, I mean in um, uh, North Carolina, it seems like you don't want to come in purely as an educator. You want to come in as someone who wants to teach the Word of God to students who want to know the Word of God. Now, I know education is a part of it, but it's not just, I got to get my diploma or my degree. I want to know the book. And you seem to know a way to be able to share the Word of God in a way where students say, I want to know the book, but I want to know the book and how to apply it to my life from the inside out. And then they get so excited, they want to tell everyone, and therefore you begin to help them to do that. Do you sense that that is a little bit of your calling or mission or vision that you have for your life, your calling as well? Uh, I do. Uh, Now, because of my age, I'm down to teaching one class per semester. And coming up in the fall, I'll be doing personal evangelism again. The thing that drives me and the thing that keeps me going, so to speak, is the first week of personal evangelism, I have them answer the question, what are the things God wants me to do in order to end up in heaven? And they fill those out without their names on it, Mm -hmm. just filling out the question. Then the second time around, when I bring them, I go through them and put them in categories and then share the results with them in the following class. And every year, without fail, there are those who do not understand the gospel. Uh, they might be here because mom and dad sent them. They might be here, you know, you go there one year and then you can go wherever you want to go. But then uh, we began analyzing the gospel with them, the man's condition and need and so on. And it's amazing and thrilling to me how I'll get testimonies either verbally or by a note. Uh, when I first came, I 
thought I was saved, or I, I thought I knew the gospel and ended up not knowing it at all or understanding it at all. That thrills me, though I've done it for years and years and years and years. It thrills me to see that the gospel still does work. People who are raised in Christian homes and attending good churches, uh, we cannot take for granted that they understand the gospel and have believed in Christ as their Savior. Before my age now, I taught a number of classes here, and now others are doing it and doing a great job. Uh, but I've narrowed it down to personal evangelism, first semester, spiritual life, or victorious Christian living on the second semester, all, all freshmen. So after the freshman year, I have chapel speak, time speaking. I teach all of them, but mm-hmm. uh, there's mainly freshman classes now. I, I love it very much. It's important for the freshman class because you essentially are pointing them in the right direction based on the gospel. And then that way they'll be able to get even more out of the future classes they take until they graduate. And so that is not a, uh, oh, he just teaches a freshman class. No, that's a very critical class to set the foundation. Now, our program today has been with Dr. Richard Seymour. We heard about the gospel or salvation and how he came to faith alone in Christ and then how he learned the word clearly and accurately. Then he began to teach the word, teach other students to be able to present it clearly. He's doing that even to today. Now, the gospel is very simple. It's simply admitting that, of course, we know that we're a sinner. That's recognizing our need and that our need is Christ. But to get to Christ is not through a series of social good deeds or religious good deeds. It's only by faith in Christ. If our listeners now are saying, I'd like to really know what is this gospel or what is the good news? If you had a book or a booklet that you would recommend for them to receive so that they could really get a better understanding of it, what book that you would say, I've spent my life getting this material together and I put it in a book that's easy to understand, but has depth. What would be the book you'd recommend them to have? For that kind of person, I'd recommend The Gift of God which is the first book I, I wrote. And it deals with having eternal life and knowing, knowing how to receive eternal life by faith in Christ and answering a lot of passages that other people use to add to the gospel, endure to the end, be water baptized, mm-hmm. public confession, and on and on it goes. So about half the book uh, deals with those kind of difficult passages. But for the turned-off non-believer, there's another little book called Religion Who Needs It. And that is not written about unbelievers. It's written to unbelievers. And I walk them through the philosophies that are very popular, uh, popular among mankind, show how they're inadequate, give the gospel, explain it clearly, invite them at the end of it to uh, put their faith in Christ. When it was first published, I, I publish all these now, but it was first published by Moody Press. I got a letter from a young fellow, and he said, uh, I want to thank you for writing um, Religion Who Needs It, needs it uh, because I've been sharing the gospel with, with my dad, who's in the hospital, not expected to live, and he's bitter toward religion. And last night, after I left, and he looked so bad and so weak, I was praying so hard, and I went into a Christian bookstore, and I saw your little book, Religion Who Needs It. And I looked through it, and I thought, man, this is what my dad needs. So I bought a copy, rushed back to the hospital. He was already asleep. I wrote him a little note, put it on, on top of the book, and put it on his, um, beside his bed. Went home and then came back later, and he was sitting up in bed and a smile on his face. And, and I said, wow, you, you look different than you did last night. He said, well, I woke up today, and I saw the book you left, and I read it. And I believe in Christ. Amen. So uh, 
here's a man you probably will have never met on planet earth or ever will. And you'll meet him again in heaven. heaven. So the last would be simply this. Someone says, yes, I'd like to get one or both of those. Would you share with them where they can get a copy of those books? Uh, Clarityministries.org on the website by mail, Clarity PO box 10 LaGrange, Wyoming, Oh, eight, two, 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 one. <laughs> That's all right. Give the website one more time, please. All right. Clarityministries.org. Well, I want to thank Dr. Seymour for being with us today. And I'm sure if you've been able to hear most or all of this, you are equally grateful that he shared his testimony, but it always focused on Jesus Christ and the gospel. But I also want you to know that this is basically a part one edition. Tomorrow or the next time you're with us, I want you to know that we're going to open this up a little bit more. We're going to talk more about what the gospel is and the importance of giving it clearly, what to do with the message, how to maybe even share it in a personal way. So we're going to be a, a theological one that but easy to understand, but also very practical. So again, I want you to be with us next time for Make It Clear. My name is Stan Pons, and I'm your host. Our guest is Dr. Richard Seymour, Bible teacher, theologian, author, and conference speaker from Frontier School of the Bible. Until next time, make it clear. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.